Two weeks ago, we started this series, The Forgotten Commandments. Um, the first week, we talked about fearing God. Fear the Lord. It says in the Scriptures over a hundred times that we are to fear God. Does that sound like today's Christian message? Fear God. What? I thought He was my friend. Fear Him. What? It said fearing God is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, and all these blessings that followed from fearing God. And you think, well, this is, this is strange. We talked about fearing God and how that's a very appropriate position when you're not in His family yet. To fear God when you're standing on your own strength in your sins before God is very, very appropriate. It's very appropriate to fear God. However, perfect love drives out fear. That's first, is that right? First John 4, 16 through 19. Let's read that again just so that we all can get that. In the foundations class this morning, we were talking about some scary stuff and they caught the scary. You know what I mean? The, the group caught the scary. And then the preacher's job is to get them out of the scary in back into the faith and the victory and the joy thing. You know, you want them to catch the scary, but you don't want them to stay there. As I was a philosophy student. I studied, I have two degrees in philosophy. Very exciting. I enjoyed it tr- tremendously. Um, but I wouldn't suggest other people do that. It was just good for me. And uh, one of the things that I noticed was why people got so scared when you ask Christian college students certain questions is they may understand the question but not understand the answer. And then they're mired in that and they can't get out of it. And so they saw a lot of kids, you know, I mean, how many, what's the what's the story on kids going to college? Christian kids go to college and lose their faith. It's just basically how it goes. Um, though I wasn't a Christian when I started college, so I was one of the problem people at the beginning, and then uh, became very confident in my faith when I was in school because I'd seen enough to know that God was real. And academics is not going to change my mind. You know, when you've seen the hand of God, somebody's argument just doesn't seem that important. You know, if somebody was to say to you, there's no such thing as a vibrant church, you would say, well, you know, I think there is. I've seen one. (laughs) I'm a part of one. I bring some of that vibrance with me. When you've seen something, the arguments just kind of fade away because you've been there. So I was able to study philosophy knowing God was real, that God loved me, that God knew me, and trying to figure out how in the world does that work. Because it's... for You guys are very nice. For normal people, Like me? (laughs) This stuff is tricky. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I was like, what? For one thing, where exactly is God? Is He hiding behind the moon and He can just hear real good? Or what? You know, how does this work? And uh, you know what? I, I found out that the smartest people in the world, Nobel Prize winning mathematicians and physicists, believe that we live in an 11-dimensional world where there could be a whole universe of beings between me and Mike 
They can see what we're doing and understand what's happening. In theoretical physics, there's plenty of room for the spirit world. Plenty of room. They even have ideas on how creation would happen, though they don't say it that way. But these big energy membranes that are going through space, if they collide, then incredible amounts of energy are sent from one reality into another. Enough what they surmise to create the Big Bang and create all of this. So they're saying, from an alternate reality, energy was put into this one to start everything. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And you can read about it in Genesis. All right, so forgotten commandments. You guys like tangents? Is that fun for you? I like, I like tangents. So we learned about fearing God and then transitioning into loving God. Did I ever read that? And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Do you know the love God has for you? You can rely on it. You can know and rely on the love God has for you. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. That first song that we sang, the, the Hosanna song, was talking about the end of the world and how, isn't that scary? I think it's scary. Uh, I mean, I know if you hear something enough times, you sort of get used to it. But this whole thing is going away. And we're all going to stand in front of God. And He knows everything. And He's a stickler. I mean, He knows He knows what you think about. We can have confidence on the day of judgment because we are like Jesus. In this world, we are like Him, like Christ. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. How does perfect love drive out fear? Perfect love was shown on the cross. The cross is where Jesus shed His blood so all of our yuck would no longer disqualify us from the kingdom of heaven. And so that perfect love drives out our fear of judgment. Because we can stand in the forgiveness of Christ confident knowing that His love has made us worthy. Now, are you worthy on your own? No, so just relax. <laughs> You're not going to be. Perfect love, His love, casts out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That is, we don't fully trust in what Jesus did on the cross to make us free from punishment. And we love because He first loved us. Hallelujah. I'm glad He loved me first. But this thing never would have got going. Hallelujah. Those who fear the Lord have nothing to fear. Then we make the transition from fearing God to loving God. We love because He first loved us. We fear Him. His love drives that fear out. We accept His forgiving work on the cross. Perfect love drives out fear. Now we love God. 
We love Him in a mature, more powerful way. We work into loving God. Do you know what Jesus said was the greatest commandment? I'm there. The guy, the speakers this weekend were Puerto Rican and African American. They get frustrated in Minnesota. I'm telling you, they're just like, the one guy kept saying, no, watch me, follow me on this, watch this, you know, and, and he, and he, watch this, and he'd say something, and then everybody'd be like, hmm. And he's like, hmm, you know, come on, give me some noise, you know, and he wanted them to be loud. We're just not like that, are we? We try. You know, but we want to be a little bit noisy. Good Hope Church won't be noisy. Otherwise, everybody will hear the kids, and we don't want that. We want to be noisy. So we'll, we'll, we'll bounce back and forth and make it noisy. Uh, but Jesus was asked by a guy one time, recorded in Mark chapter 12, hey, what's the most important commandment? With everything you have. Let me ask you a question. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Is that the same as, I acknowledge your existence? Lord, I acknowledge your existence. I am somewhat convinced that you are. What if you, is it, Valentine's Day is over, isn't it? I miss that by a lot. Uh-oh. It's like, it looks like Valentine's Day outside. I think I missed that one by a lot. Um, if you send your honey a little Valentine's card and inside they open it up, there's a heart on the front with little sparkles and then you open it up and it says, you know, I acknowledge your existence. That would be different from I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. Aren't those different things? What is our relationship with the living God like? I acknowledge your existence and hope when the day comes you let me in. Or, I love you with all of who I am. This is where we're to get. This is the greatest commandment. Uh, isn't it interesting how God commands us things that we can't just choose to do? These aren't just choices. These are things we develop into. We grow into. We get there. We don't just choose. Can you choose to love God with all of who you are? Well, let me tell you, get to know Him and it'll happen. But just sitting off in the distance, it's hard to love a concept. It's just... But get in there, get to know God. Spend time in His Word, spend time in prayer. Keep going till you connect with God. So the most important Commandment has to do with our relationship with God. If you want to be good at being a Christian, what's the most important thing? Dress appropriately for church. Sit quietly in church. Don't swear. 
There's some other ones, aren't there? What's the list? There's quite a list somewhere. Somebody's got this list. You know, it's got the list of people we're supposed to not like, and it's got all these things. The most important thing is to connect with God and love Him. And then we looked at the first four of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 21 through 11, and we try to figure out how do we love God? How do we do that? Well, He's given us commands. He's told us how to do it. When we don't figure stuff out, He just tells us. He hopes we figure it out. But then, boom, He just tells us. So here's what it says. Exodus chapter 20. First four. And God spoke these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. He wants an exclusive relationship with us. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. So he's like, seriously, I want to have an exclusive relationship with you. Have no idols. Now in our culture, we don't tend to make little gargoyles and worship them. But we have other things that that become surrogate gods to us. You know, like if your wife has ever said, hey, are you married to your job or are you married to me? You can see where the job then becomes competition with the relationship with your wife. And the job, of course, can become competition with your relationship with God. All these different things can compete with our relationship with God. Part of why we did that big, long series on prosperity, trying to have our regular life be part of our life with God. you got to go to work and make money and all that stuff. That can be part of your relationship with God. Don't make it a separate thing. Do that together. So he wants that exclusive relationship. And then he says... Don't uh, use my name in vain. Where are we? Showing love to thousands. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. He says, you're going to need to respect me. Don't be throwing my name around. And then he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Do you know why he wants us to rest on the seventh day, to have a Sabbath? Because he wants time with us. Say, you're busy. Give me one day. Give me one day where we can reconnect and spend some time together. Give me a day. We're to love Him. We're to have a relationship with Him. You can't do that without ever spending any time with Him. He says, give me at least one day a week. Give me a day. You know, you get to have your weekends with your family, that sort of stuff. Give me a day, the Lord says. Part of His love language. He wants to get to know us. So that's how we love God. But there's another thing to loving God. Just a sec. I need to figure out where I'm at. So. 
Okay, here we go. I knew I was where I was. I just didn't know where that was. <laughs> it's like going canoeing in the boundary waters. You can't get lost because you're not going anywhere. You just Wherever you are, there you are. So that's good. I like that. Are there four commandments? The four commandments. There's ten. It keeps going. It doesn't stop. We're not finished yet. If it keeps going, there's more to it. And of course, we didn't read the whole thing about the most important one. We read half of it and then we skipped on to the next. We read the first four of the Ten Commandments, but we didn't read the next. Let me tell you something. If you love me, that's great. But if you hate my kids, it's going to be tough. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If you love me, you just think I'm awesome. But oh my gosh, those boys of his. Blah, 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 blah. And then you start lying about them. And then you start throwing things at them. And, and then you start hurting them in a variety of ways. Are we going to have a great relationship? No. That's why in Mark 12, Jesus continues. He was only asked, what's the greatest? What's the most important? He offers the rest. I like when Jesus answers a different question than what was asked. Because that means that there's more going on than what the person who asked the question thought was going on. And so he can't finish it just by answering the question. He doesn't say, well, here's the most important one, and since you only asked that, I'm not going to give you the next one. Here's the most important one, and you won't understand that unless you understand the next one too. So here we go. The most important one answer Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, unsolicited. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. In other places where Jesus answers this question in other Gospels, it says all the law and the prophets hang on these two. If you don't get these two things, you're not going to get it. And today, the concept that we're going for with these forgotten commandments is fear the Lord. Okay, we don't talk about that much. Now, that turns into loving God. But loving God includes more than just your personal relationship with God. It involves your personal relationship with God and the ones that God loves. And He loves more than just you. If we hurt those that He loves, it hurts our relationship with Him. Because He doesn't like that. We're going to jump way ahead to Matthew 18.6 and then we'll go back to where we were. Do you know how much God doesn't like it when we hurt people that He loves? Do you know God is your defender? I was listening to the radio many years ago. They talked about the difference between African-American churches and white churches. And I thought, oh, this ought to be interesting. What in the world are they going to say? And they said, in, uh, in white churches, the primary belief system is, you're a filthy, rotten sinner. Jesus died for your sins to make you right with God. I thought, well, 
okay, what's the other one? <laughs> and uh, the other one was Jesus loves you and he is your defender and he will bring righteousness. He will make it right. Is that true? Amen. They're both true. It's just that white people feel more guilty. (laughs) And so they focus on the other one. But the fact of the matter is, is that our God is our defender. That is true. Our God is our defender. He loves us. He will defend us against those who hurt us. And He will judge those who hurt us. He will bring justice. Isn't that good news? It's great news until you realize that He loves the other people that you've interacted with as well. Because He will defend them against us. Exactly. Love your enemies. Let's read that. Matthew 18.6 If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, if you go into a child's life and you bring yuck into it, This is Jesus. These are red letters. It would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck. That would be about the size of the anchors they have on the ships in Duluth. Well, in tons. Big things. He's like, oh, you just wait. You just wait. If you bring sin into the life of a kid, oh, it'd be better off if they had a, a anchor for one of those Lakers tied around their neck and were thrown out in the middle of Lake Superior, it would be better off if that happened to them than when I get a hold of them, is what Jesus says right here. He is your defender. But He's their defender too. If we're going to have a right relationship with God, we need to make sure He doesn't have to defend people against us. That will hurt our relationship with Him. So the first commandment, love God, now we have to love our neighbor. How many people are involved in neighbor? (laughs) Yeah, but Lord, you don't know my neighbor. I actually have a really great neighbor. He shoveled me out. (laughs) It's a good, I assume, I haven't figured out who did it yet. But... um, Neighbor includes everybody you interact with. The people you run into. That's what it means by neighbor. We are to love those people. Go back to that 12. Uh, We can see that up there. Mark 12. Second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So, neighbor is whoever you run into. We're going to have some church today, don't you think? Yeah. Pastor went to a conference. He's all, he's all worked up. Try to get worked up all the time. but I told you this before. I'll tell you this again. America doesn't need to hear about Jesus. 
I know it's a leading question. It's a trick. It's a trick thing. America does not need to hear about Jesus. America needs to be shown what it means to follow Jesus. They've heard about Jesus from people who weren't following Jesus and they looked at it and thought, that's ridiculous. They need to be shown what it means for an individual to take seriously, to fear God, love God, and love their neighbors. For a group of people to come together and say, we will do the grand social experiment and actually live how God suggested. How God commanded that we live. We'll actually do it. We'll actually trust God and believe Him that what He said we should do, we should actually do. Let's give that a try. You want to give that a try at Good Hope Church? Come on. Half Christianity simply does not work. To half follow God just does not work. It's a miserable, hard, tough thing. Going all in is is awesome. There's issues along the way as well. I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture. But, you know, I mean, you got battles to fight. There's a war going on between heaven and hell. But it's nice to be on an army instead of being the battlefield. Because that's where the bombs are going off. We want to at least have armor. We want to put on the full armor of God. We want to be able to defend ourselves. We want to be able to go into battle and have victory. America doesn't need to be told about Jesus. They need to be shown real Christianity. Real Christians can't be hating people. Real Christians love their neighbor. Real Christians can't be hating people. One of the things that makes me sad, you know, I grew up outside the church, so I didn't have any understanding of all this, you know, a thousand different denominations and all this stuff. One of the things I noticed, though, is it's important for churches to get groups of people to get riled up. And the easiest way to get people riled up is through negative things. Through, these people are bad. Let's, ah, yeah, they are bad. Ah, and we get mad. Now, is the world going the right direction? No. (laughs) Do we battle against that? Absolutely. But the truth in love, we love people. Real Christians don't have the luxury of hating people. You just don't get to. You don't get to say, well, yeah, what, so-and-so, I don't give up on them. We have to love people. It's what we're called to do. The most important thing is love God. What's the second one? Love your neighbor. Neighbor includes fellow Christian. It includes your enemy. It includes everybody that you may bump into. I love kids. You know, You guys are getting good at this. You know? Amen? You guys are getting good at this. 
That could, that could throw some people off. But for us, we're like, this is Good Hope Church. We love people. We love kids at Good Hope Church. Amen. You guys didn't even hardly notice except just to smile a little bit. That is, that's what I'm going for. Amen. That's loving people. I don't know if you've been hated before. It has an impact on you. People connected with God hating you is really bad. It's really, really bad. We need to share the love of Christ. Stand on the truth. I've had conversations with people that I very much disagree with. You can still speak in love when you're on polar opposites of an issue. You can still do that. You're ready to show them, aren't you? You're ready to live that out. Let's show them. <laughs> Let's show them real Christianity. That's gonna mean that's gonna mean more than Sunday morning. Amen. You gotta read your Bible. Gotta pray. Gotta do the things on the list. You gotta love God. And you gotta love people. Is that easy? Is it easy to love people? No. It's in fact it can be quite challenging. Even good people, you spend enough time together, guess what? Something's gonna happen. That's why forgiveness is such a big deal <laughs> in this kingdom of God. We have to forgive because guess what? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and if you hang out with them long enough, they'll do that to you. <laughs> Don't be so shocked. Forgive. I get to preach and forget what I'm talking about. I need to finish this too. I'm going to Albania. I'll finish it up. We can finish. They definitely want me to finish in there. <laughs> Let's read the rest of the commandments from Exodus chapter 20. We're talking about forgotten commandments. Now, of course, if the first four tell us how to love God, the next six will tell us how to love people. They'll help us. How do we do this? Well, don't steal from them. Okay. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good thing. Uh, so let's keep going. Let's see what this has to say. And when we're going through it, think to yourself, I wonder which one of these is the most ignored today. Which one of these do we, are we missing completely? Let's look through it. Honor your father and your mother. Yeah. People are like, there we go. We hit it right away. Uh, that's a big deal. Honor your father and your mother. This one has a promise. So that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. That means if you want to be in the promised land, be a person of honor towards your parents. There's a promised land for us. You, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If, you're, if your mom and dad live next to you, you're good to go. Two birds with one stone. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. They had to be told that. (laughs) 
you shall not commit adultery. We need to be told that. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. That one is, that's what we call that gossip. You shouldn't say things that aren't true about people. You shouldn't say things to hurt people. You shouldn't recreationally damage people's character. You shouldn't give false testimony. You should never lie. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. That's number 10 right there. No coveting. All right, we've read that one already. No coveting. I think, I think don't covet is the, is the one that is most ignored. You know what that means? Don't even think about keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, don't, don't have it cross your mind. Don't even think, wow, my car doesn't stack up in the parking lot. Don't even think along those lines. Don't covet. Don't want something that other people have. That's an interesting commandment. Don't want stuff that other people have. Because it will hurt your relationship with them. You'll be jealous of them. You won't love them and it will mess up your life with God. Because He loves them. And now you're being mean to one of His people. Fear God, love God, love your neighbor. This is real Christianity. It's not super complicated. You can see this isn't deep theology. Love God. Get to know Him so that you can just go, ah, all of who I am. Love people. You have to get to know them a little bit. See past the superficial. Love people then we can live out true Christianity.